What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast featuring exclusive content and interviews with leaders in the WordPress community, covering everything from development to integrating your digital marketing strategy with WordPress. Join host David Vogelpohl of WP Engine and special guests from across the community as they keep you up to speed on the latest advancements in WordPress. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Press This WordPress Community Podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl, and I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. As always, you can subscribe on iTunes or iHeartRadio, and you can download the latest episodes at webmasterradio.fm. Look for Press This on the left-hand side. In this episode of Press This, we're going to be doing a word around the camp fire episode where we discuss the latest news from around the world of WordPress. In today's episode, we're going to be covering WordCamp EU and WordCamp US, um, some, some details around SEO squatters and plugins, uh, Automatic's clever approach to remote workforces, well, a bunch of other cool stuff going on in the WordPress community and connected to the WordPress community. And joining me on this episode is Torque's own Doc Popular. Doc, welcome back to the show. Hey, I'm excited. we got a lot of fun topics to talk about today. Yeah, I know. For this uh, episode, once a month, I always go through Torque and, and look at all the different stories you guys cover there. And there's just a plethora of things to choose from there and, and, and around uh, just the community in general. Lots of things going on. Um, so I always, and, I, and your, your news drops actually are one of the things I like to read and listen to, or should I say, listen to and watch, um, just as another kind of an ancillary source to kind of keep me up to date to inform even things we can talk about here in this show. So cool stuff. Thanks. Awesome. So the first thing I wanted to talk about during this episode was WordCamps. We have a pretty big one coming up. Uh, Doc, I think you might be a little familiar with it. What's what's the WordCamp we have coming up here in the next week or so? We have WordCamp Europe coming up in Belgrade, Serbia. This is going to be my first trip to Serbia. I'm super excited about it. 
Yeah, I know. I'm kind of bummed. I'm not going to be able to make it. You know, WordCamp Europe for the last few years has overlapped with Father's Day. And uh, that meant for me this year I had to duck out because I couldn't make it back in time. But I, I bought a ticket and people keep asking, oh, you're going to be there. You're going to be there. Uh, unfortunately, I won't be. But uh, it'll be fun. How, who from the Torque team are you guys bringing out there for that? It's going to be uh, Emily Shiola, the editor of Torque, um, and myself. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of our Torque writers who happen to be based out of Europe um, also have conflicts. Uh, I think Josh Pollock um, will be out there from, from Florida, but I was really looking forward to meeting some of our, uh, some of our European uh, writers and staff. But we'll also be bringing uh, our Torque Wapu with us, so, so that's our special guest as well. Oh, nice. Well, I wish I was there to see that, but it sounds like it's going to be uh, fun. And you guys are there really covering news and happenings, what's going on, tips from the speakers and things like that. Um, so if you're unable to make WordCamp Europe, check out Torque for all the latest rundowns from that. We'll also be doing a special episode of Press This with a rundown of everything that's happened at WordCamp Europe. So check that out if you're able to make it to Serbia uh, for this WordCamp Europe. Another interesting thing that came out recently was that applications to speak at WordCamp US um, were recently announced um, and they will be open until July 1st. Now, this one's going to be in Nashville, so it's a little bit more accessible than Serbia, at least for North Americans. And so uh, if you're wanting to speak at WordCamp US, it's, it's a great event. I mean, I've been to, to many of them, or at least since they've started. Um, prior to that, WordCamp San Francisco kind of filled that role. Um, but since kind of the incantation of WordCamp US. Um, it's been such an exciting time, and I think if you have interesting things to share, uh, being a speaker is a great way to experience that. For those of you that are unaware, uh, WordCamp US is happening on December 7th through the 9th, so you have plenty of time to make your travel plans. Uh, but if you search Google for WordCamp 2018 US speaker proposals, it's the first result, at least it was for me. Um, so if you're thinking about wanting to speak at WordCamp US, uh, maybe you might want to, if you haven't done that or something of that scale, maybe try your local WordCamp first. Um, but if you want to check out WordCamp US, um, just Google for that, submit your speaker application, and uh, good luck lot getting accepted. So uh, I want to shift gears for a little bit now and talk about an article that I saw on WP Tavern. And the title of the article reads, To free up resources, WordPress.org plugin review team begins closing unused plugins. Now, now, Doc, that sounds like a pretty scary title for someone who makes plugins in WordPress.org, doesn't it? That sure does. There's like 55,000 plugins getting closed, and that just sounds, that sounds very scary. Yeah, and as a plugin creator, you might be thinking, well, what am I supposed to do? Go out there and update my plugin every few months just to make sure I'm sticking within this you know, rule or whatever um, in, in fear that they're going to take my plugin down. That doesn't even make sense. Like My plugin doesn't need to change. Why, why would I be forced to do this? Um, a little bit of a clickbaity title. Um, certainly ruffled a few feathers. People I know who manage plugins like, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do? Uh, but if you if you read a little deeper into the article, it wasn't super clear in there at first. But if you kind of read between some of the lines a little bit, um, basically what this is related to is people are using the plugin submission system for a couple of things that are maybe a little maybe not nefarious is a strong word, but let's just say not aligned with the purpose of that process. 
And one of them was to reserve essentially a slug for your plugin's name. So for example, if you were at wordpress.org forward slash plugins forward slash plugin name, you could submit a plugin for review and basically kind of take over that slug in a sense and then figure out what to do with it later without actually submitting any code that would be publicly downloadable via wordpress.org. And so people were using it to kind of reserve those slugs. And then the other thing people were doing is they would submit the plugin to be reviewed but never actually commit it to be publicly available for the purpose of the way some of the people managing this process phrased it, to get a free code review. In other words, when they review your plugin, they do some linting and things, I'm guessing. And so people were using it for the purpose of getting free code reviews. So they were saying, well, if you haven't uploaded it, we're going to basically sunset that. And so if you have a plugin in the repo and you haven't updated it in six months, I mean, you should be updating it, of course, the new versions of WordPress come out and testing it and all that kind of good stuff. But there's no requirement to do that um, to in fear of having your plugin removed if it's already there. So a little bit of a clickbaity title, but uh, I think we're to know, especially if you're entering plugins or in the WordPress.org repo. Um, so speaking of uh, the plugin review process, there's another big plugin maker out there. Uh, people are probably familiar with Automatic, and uh, you know I think pretty much all the listeners of the show know who Automatic is, right? The owned by Matt Mullenweg, one of the original creators of WordPress, and. I met Matt in, uh, I met him many times, uh, several times, I guess, but uh, last time I saw him was in Mountain View, California at a Google conference. And Matt was talking about his distributed workforce. And there was an article um, that recently came out kind of showcasing Automatic's approach to remote workforces. And uh, it was this really interesting observation by the Automatic team on what makes them successful with a remote workforce. And um, the way that they talked about their approach was that one of the, of course, the one of the things they do is they try to get all these dispersed people together to come together in small groups, but then also to come together in large gatherings, a gathering they call the Grand Meetup. Um, now, Doc, you uh, work for Torque, which is owned by WP Engine, but you're in our San Francisco office, which you're not really remote, but it's kind of a remote office-ish. Um, what, are, what are your experiences with, with working in kind of air quote remotely there, or small office? Like, what, what are the challenges of staying connected as a team that you found working in that kind of environment? Well, there's um, there's certainly like like fully remote, like working out of your house or working out of coffee shops. Um, here in San Francisco, we have uh, about four folks uh, working here, and Emily, the editor, is sitting right next to me. So it's kind of a different situation. Although I imagine um, for automaticians, there's quite a few cities where, I mean, in San Francisco, for instance, even though they close their office, uh, I think that many of them still get together somewhere. It's just not an automatic office anymore. Uh, and as far as for us, um, we're pretty much on the same timeline. We don't have, uh, uh, we have like a two hour difference with the Austin staff at WP Engine. So it's not too hard. The worst case, we have to get up at seven. Um, but the way Automatic does everything, it sounds like more Slack is their system. Uh, they avoid emails. I, I think they pretty much communicate through Slack. And it, I've seen I've read that before, and yeah, it's that, that that I mean, you make a good point with the distributor around the world that makes it even more challenging. I guess Slack is a good way to maybe help overcome that. But one of the things in the article that um, the automaticians had pointed out was they had done some data visualization of their team and who had met certain people and not met them. And they, they used the data visual, visualization in the article to kind of illustrate that 
prior to this grand meetup, they really didn't have a lot of connections between people. And I know, for example, at WP Engine, when we have our all hands about twice a year, part of our uh, efforts as well are about getting people in different offices to meet new people in new groups. And they uh, autom automatic even went to the length of assigning where people sat at certain events to kind of force people to get to know other people within the company. And they, then they showed the data visualization of those connections after the event. And they were all different colors and all kinds of level of connectivity that wasn't there before. Um, but just kind of this notion of, well, you can't always rely on people to get to know people in other groups. And so try to find ways um, during these gatherings to get people of, you know, kind of different flocks to kind of uh, work together and talk together and get to know each other. Because ultimately, it's really hard to keep that distribution workforce, you know, as one. And so having those connections is super important. But again, Automac does a great job of that. Um, you know, the automaticians seem to really enjoy it and they seem to be um, leading the way in, in how companies um, really approach it and, and thought leadership around that. So um, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to jump right back into more WordPress news. So everybody hang tight and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. St. Jude continues to advance by increasing cure rates in childhood cancer. And donors are important to us because you get the feeling that you have a team behind you. When it comes to research and advancements, there are some things that only we can do because we have the resources and we have the focus. And so if St. Jude doesn't do it, who will? St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Blog, blog, blog. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're the talk of the town. WebmasterRadio.fm. Thanks for listening. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Press This WordPress Community Podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl, and I'm here for the Word Around the Campfire episode with news from around the WordPress community. And I'm here with Torque Magazine's Doc Popular. Right. Howdy. Hey, Doc. Uh, right before the break, we were talking about Automatic and an article that was recently published talking about their remote workforce strategies and all the cool things they're up to. I want to shift gears a little bit. This one isn't really, I would say, WordPress news per se, although it did make uh, quite a bit of a splash in the WordPress community. And that's the news of Microsoft buying GitHub. Uh, I think my Facebook and Twitter feeds exploded when, when the rumors of that came out. And then finally, the final news of it came out. 
And, you know, it's really interesting because obviously there's a lot of doom and gloom, right? People, uh, you know, your operating system and your programming languages are a bit like a, a, an identity thing, right? You identify with those things. And in a sense, it's kind of like a religion. You, you, you've chosen that and you're kind of aligned with it in that way. And when, you know, Microsoft rolls in and by GitHub, oh my goodness, they're going to ruin it. And, da, 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 and you, you end up hearing these things as doom and gloom. As a matter of fact, Anthony Burchell, who's on our WordPress innovation, team. He manages the WordPress core media component. Um, he actually shared with me a graph he saw from GitLab that showed a huge spike from like 500 imported repositories a day-ish, or I guess maybe these are peaks within a day's, uh, but peaking no higher than 500 within a single day to a peak of over uh, 2,500 uh imports of repositories from GitHub to GitLab. And presumably, of course, the reason behind this is people upset with Microsoft um, moving. Uh, Doc, have you seen that in, in your happenings on, on social media or through the people you interact with at Torque? Have you seen people upset about this? There's certainly a lot of people um, who, who made a big deal about it the first day. I, I don't think there's going to be uh, quite as big a change um, as they might have thought on, on the first day because uh, Microsoft has been pretty good with keeping things open source and kind of open sourcing some of their older projects. Uh, I think it is interesting, though, because WordPress is largely built around two privately owned companies, um, GitHub and Slack. Uh, a lot of repository stuff goes through GitHub. And it is kind of interesting every now and then to kind of wonder what happens if some major point of infrastructure happens and, you know, how does WordPress react to that? What if, what if GitHub does suddenly change? Uh, you, what, what, do, what does WordPress do after using it for so many years to, to kind of host uh, changes? Yeah, um, right. I, I suppose it depends on the functions of the thing, but um, it's interesting. You know, I think Ahmad Awas, who's a consistent WordPress core contributor, he made the block creating framework for Gutenberg, if you pay attention to this kind of things. We mentioned it on this show. Um, and he and I, I, I bought a Surface Book Two um, a couple of months ago and posted about it on Facebook. And you know, I had some Microsoft haters kind of jumping on me over doing that or whatever. And Ahmad jumped in and um, well, it really had some positive things to say about it, but he also had some negative viewpoints around the uh, Microsoft operating system as it related to developers. And they were largely accurate and true and, and fair. And I'm not a developer, so those things weren't important to me. Um, but, uh, but he still felt like it wasn't a good fit for him to, to choose you know, Microsoft OS. When this news came out regarding Microsoft buying GitHub, he was one of the first people to jump on and point out all the good things that Microsoft had actually done relative to open source projects. And so I think it was really interesting to see kind of that open-mindedness that, well, just because Microsoft's name on it, it must be bad. Like, no, that's not true. Uh, Microsoft actually does a lot of good things. As a matter of fact, in terms of innovation, their operating system and their hardware, in, in some ways, they've actually well outpaced Mac in those areas. And so... What are the what are the what are the things they've done? And then the other thing is like, is it all doom and gloom? Like, of course, it's just people guessing what's going to happen. But based on some of the information that Microsoft released around this, there were some really interesting ways you could look at it and think about it in a positive way. Matter of fact, one of uh, my friends, uh, Erica Douglas, and she runs a um, a series of she has a chain of uh, cell phone repair shops called One of Repairs here in Austin and other cities. Uh, but she's you know a developer and into 
WordPress and things like that. Um, but she had some really interesting observations. Um, first off, the sky isn't falling, I think was, was her main thing. She has like the number one uh, comment on Hacker News today or something relative to this. But her comment was basically, um, one, that, that they've acknowledged the skepticism around the acquisition. They get it, right? Um, operating systems and languages and things like that are, are you know, something people feel really strongly about. And they understand that people in the development community don't always have sometimes the best opinion. But uh, they acknowledge that, hey, that's 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 a thing. There's some skepticism. Um, I think the other thing that was interesting that Erica pointed out was they've expressed their commitment to keep GitHub an independent platform. Um, and so I think that's another kind of getting back to the, well, well, do I have to change my things? Should I walk away? We don't know yet, right? You don't know if they're actually going to change this, that, or the other. Um, but basically, uh, Microsoft themselves have expressed their commitment to keep it an independent platform. Um, they also used, She also used the phrase in this comment, like they did with LinkedIn, which I thought was kind of funny because I had other friends that were like, oh, they're going to ruin it just like they did LinkedIn. I, I don't know that they ruined LinkedIn. It seems the same or better to me after they bought it, but I, I'm not a power LinkedIn user. Maybe there's some truth to that. I don't know. Um, but um, but again, they, they're committed to keeping it independent. Um, they also talked about their leadership, which I thought was another interesting thing. And there's this gentleman named Nat Friedman. Um, and Erica says she's not familiar with him prior to this. I also wasn't familiar with him prior to this. Um, but based on some of the information she had seen, she felt like he was a good choice to run GitHub. And so, you know, it's, it's interesting. Like, again, just because Microsoft buys it, does that mean it's going to be bad? No. Matter of fact, there's probably a good chance to actually get a lot better because of the investment that they'll make in it, the leadership that they'll make in it, um, and it can actually be a very positive thing for the uh, for, for the GitHub community, um, but I think it's really going to be interesting. I think a lot of people are in wait and see mode, and obviously the people from this graph, you know, where it spikes up to 2,500 uh, repos being imported in one day, um, you know, obviously some people are freaking out about it, but I think, you know, kind of a wait and see mode. Like, why, why interrupt your whole workflow just because one company happened to buy the other company? Like, there's no reason to pull that mandate off today. Um, Doc, what do you think? Like, rip it off or wait? Well, well as far as the, the the repos being pulled, I mean, that's just a good idea. It's always a good idea to archive anything when something changes hands because you never know if, like, the tech's going to break or maybe there will be a big change. But, uh, yeah, I think it, this is going to be a totally fine – this is going to be normal. A uh, year from okay. now, we're not going to see any difference. Hedging bets against the worst case scenario. I like it. Um, all right, cool. Well, um, I guess we'll wait and see on that one. And maybe you're one of the people that bounced over to GitLab. So uh, maybe you're happy there. Maybe you're staying at GitHub. I don't know. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. So uh, we had some other interesting news um, in the WordPress world. Uh, GDPR, which uh, if you're not paying attention, is the uh, privacy regulations and the new privacy regulations in the EU. Now, we've seen the ramifications from this far and wide. There's opt-in boxes everywhere you turn in the U.S. and Europe and all over the place. Um, it was interesting with WordPress Core because um, Core actually had released some GDPR-focused features, and we talked about this in previous episodes, primarily around data export and removal tools. And this was released in version 4.96. Now, there was some controversy around this. And it was because these this style of release would normally be what you could consider a maintenance release. It's fixing bugs, it's patching security issues. Generally, is not going to include new features. Um, but this version 4.96 did include these new GDPR features. 
Now, the good news from my perspective is that those features really didn't interact a whole lot with other things, so there wasn't a ton of risk of that breaking your site. Um, but you know, I think GDPR was on the 25th, which I think was a Thursday, which was when this release went down. So that was kind of interesting as well to have this release happen right before a weekend, have it be a maintenance release, but have it include some features too, really forcing people and platforms, even like WP Engine, to consider for our customers, what's going to happen when I get this notice and maybe I, I, I prepared for it and tested, but maybe I haven't. And now all of a sudden I have new features and it's a maintenance thing and it's all going down over the weekend. And oh my goodness, who's going to be around to do all these things? Um, so it was interesting to see that play out. And then sure enough, 4.96 had some issues, um, which required the subsequent release 4.97 to help patch those up. So if you actually waited through the weekend, uh, the 4.97 one I think hit that Monday. And so you would have been good to go. Um, but I think it was a really interesting evolution, you know, GDPR is such a complex issue and I'm not sure how the core team is positioning this, but I think it's probably pretty safe to say that just having WordPress is not going to necessarily make you GDPR compliant. There's all kinds of requirements around opting in and um, collecting data and forgetting data and things like that. And in your WordPress experience, you could have a gravity form or a ninja form, or you could have a HubSpot form. And people have to opt in before they enter their data and you do things with it. And so, you know, of course, WordPress core isn't going to be universally applicable to all those experiences and all the ways it collects data and all the ways you might need to opt in and your privacy policy and all those other things. And so it's really interesting to see the web evolve. Um, Doc, did you get any privacy policy email notifications yeah. over the last month? Oh, it's been it's been all talk, not just in my email box, but yeah, it's been all people are constantly asking me what they need to do. And it's kind of hard to say. It's a very kind of confusing law, it seems like. What is the punishment uh, if you if you if you do accidentally have cookies capturing somebody in the U? But it, yeah, it's it's all people can talk about right now. Yeah, well, certainly not going to give legal advice, but I know the punishments are harsh if you don't play along. As a matter of fact, Google, Facebook, and Twitter all received GDPR complaints on the first day. Now, I understand that, that was a little different. They were basically kind of blocking their service if you didn't accept all the things, and there's some provision in the GDPR that tries to prevent that, and it was billions of dollars in fines. Um, but it's just it's so interesting to see this stuff play out and see Europe kind of flex this muscle a little bit and see companies around the world react to it. And really, to your point, not know how to react. Like, what is my policy? What do I do? What's compliant? What's not? I found conflicting cookie policies on EU government websites that kind of seemed to conflict the law and then others that were outdated. And like, it was, it's all over the place. We're just, unfortunately, I have to do our best to try to stay compliant, read the law, get the advice of our attorneys as webmasters, and then act on those and then watch the case law and see how it all plays out. Um, but very, very, very interesting times. There'll never be a, a shortage of work for web developers, I think. Uh, th thanks to things like this. So um, we're going to take a quick break, and when we'll be right back, we'll talk about hijack sites and jetpack. So everybody hang tight, and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. 
If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. WebmasterRadio.fm is the destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. Engage with our panel of on-air experts and peers by following us on Facebook, Google+, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can listen to WebmasterRadio.fm on air or on demand from our website or through iTunes, Stitcher, or however you get your podcasts. Interact and stay informed. Just search for WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome to the Webmaster Institute for Financial Advancement, WebmasterRadio.fm. It's like radio with a PhD. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Press This WordPress Community Podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl, and this is the Word Around the Campfire WordPress news episode of Press This. So right before the break, we were talking about all things GDPR, and here for our final segment, I want to talk a little bit about a horror story of a hijacked site in Jetpack. And Doc, as I understand, this is a personal one for you, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's always embarrassing uh, to be like in the WordPress space and to, to have to publicly admit that you got hacked. It's, it's just embarrassing. And I actually have uh, two-factor authentication. I have unique passwords on all of my you know WordPress sites and all across the web. I use uh, a password manager tool and it still happened to me. And the way it happened is uh, WordPress.com, which I rarely use um, because I'm self-hosted, uh, but WordPress.com, I had, it's my fault, I had an old password that was not great. Great. Uh, and I think uh, it was something I used on multiple sites and somewhere uh, along the line just forgot to update uh, when when security became a bigger priority for me. And to get to the point, uh, someone uh, was going through and using found passwords from the Internet and trying them on WordPress.com users. And if they succeeded, if they got into your account, they were actually able to install malicious software onto your self-hosted site. So even if you weren't on WordPress.com, if your WordPress.com credentials got hacked, they would go in, they would use Jetpack which has this feature I had no idea uh, Jetpack can actually install plugins from WordPress.com so they were installing uh, multiple plugins the most common was plugins of Munster so uh, what happens is it would install these two or three plugins uh, they would very quickly uh, install malicious PHP into your site and then deactivate themselves so they sort of looked innocuous if you had a lot of plugins on your site or if you don't check your plugins to see if there's something new you totally wouldn't have noticed this but luckily uh, WordFence wrote an excellent article about it. I immediately uh, went to my site, and yeah, there it was, uh, Plugins Monster. And if you see that on your site, uh, you have definitely been hacked, even if it's been deactivated. Uh, luckily, most of the the managed uh, hosts, most of the, most uh, WordPress hosts in general, have already been aware of this, and they've probably run automatic scans and sent you an email to be sure to deactivate the, uh, the plugin. Uh, but if you see this in your site, uh, you should definitely go to WordPress.com and update your password. Uh, make sure it's something secure, obviously, and something you're not using it somewhere else. And also turn on two-factor authentication or authentication on WordPress.com because uh, I had that on my self-hosted site, but through the weakness on WordPress.com and Jetpack, 
uh, I was hacked. So you can't you can't be lazy with this stuff. Yeah. So so no no lazy passwords. Nice strong passwords. And uh, uh, it's it's really interesting. You know, as I think about you know you you look at embed codes and how uh, other systems interact with your site. And um, plugins also do that, of course. In this case, you know, Jetpack kind of calls back home. And so, you know, the WordPress com servers and Jetpack and all, are all talking together and, and the attackers were able to use that vulnerability to kind of get in and inject that code into your site. And so you think about these things, you know, Automatic's a good company and, you know, they do good work and things like that. So you generally, you trust them with stuff like this. And not to say necessarily that these things were wrong per se, because you do have to have software that installs things sometimes, uh, but even that that weakest link, the person's password, can can have those systems be used against you. But I think it's interesting as you think about technology decisions for your website. I mean, we talk about this a lot. And by the by the way, Doc, I do want to clarify that the site that got hacked was your personal site, right? Not a WP Engine site. It was uh, a personal site uh, hosted um, on WP Engine. Right, uh, but it was the, it was right. it was just my personal site, yeah. Right, exactly. So uh, one of my roles here is uh, helping to manage the team that does our WordPress developments. This is a matter of pride, Doc, that I'm I tried to clarify that it wasn't our so one of our sites that got compromised, yeah. but um, rather, rather one of your personal ones. But you know, you, as we think about this, even within our team, you know, I know a lot of freelancers and agencies think about this, and it's it's such an easy answer to say, oh, just throw this embed code up, or just install this plugin that talks to this other service. You know, you're, you're, the way we put this one in our, in our team is we're giving someone a key to our house, right? Uh, they, they can they can walk in the back door, they can walk in the front door, they can walk in anytime they want, and, and for the most part, you know, do anything they want. And do we really trust the company behind this? Do we really trust that they're going to support the product and keep it secure, and you know, not mess with it in some way that's going to mess with our brand? Because you really, when you embed those things, when you put in plugins and talk to other services, you're essentially creating a partner within your business, and your success is tied to their ability to deliver reliable and secure service. And again, you know, what, what, what happened here was your fault with the weak password, like shame on you. Now you have two factor and a better password. That all sounds great. Um, but I still think for me anyways, every time I incorporate something new, especially if it's talking to some outside service that can kind of control my site in a way, I think really long and hard about that decision. What about, what about you, doc? Did you walk away with that lesson? Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and, uh, I had no idea Jetpack had this power and I'm sort of, if I wasn't on WooCommerce, I might actually just ditch Jetpack because it's, it's necessary for Woo. But yeah, this was, this was excellent, uh, for me to just go back and review. I thought I was really good with my auditing of passwords and, you know, sometimes there's these old things that you totally forget about. It just reminds me, uh, to keep an eye out for that. Yeah, I think, you know, I caution you against throwing baby out with the bathwater there. I think Jetpack's mm -hmm. still a good solution and seems like your uh, password was probably the culprit there. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I know there's that instinct when you have that kind of experience with a with a tool or a platform. Like, oh, I'm just going to burn it down and move on to the next thing. Um, but, uh, you know, the, those, those dangers lurk around almost every corner. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was totally my bad. I don't want to throw Jetpack under the bus. This was a weak password I had that I'd actually known was compromised on another site. So, Was it one, two, three, four? Uh, can we edit that out? <laughs> Is that, was that the one? That's mine too. So I just want to make sure, you know, we have a conflict or anything there. Cool. Well, a uh, bit of a horror story. Good, good to hear, though. And uh, you know, I'm glad you were able to get it resolved. And uh, a little lesson there about password security as well. 
Um, and I know you covered that as well on Doc Pop's news drop um, there on Torque. Um, so uh, really interesting stuff. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in to this episode of Press This. Again, the word around the campfire episode. We bring these to you once a month to bring you news from around the WordPress community. Um, thanks everybody for tuning in. Um, if you want to stay up with to date with WordPress news in between Word Around the Campfire episodes, you can check out WordPress updates and news at torquemag.io. Thanks everyone for listening to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. You can always subscribe on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or download episodes at webmasterradio.fm. Again, this is your host, David Vogelpohl, and I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.